from Circulus and the Good Tribe. I'm Marlene Lett. And I'm Evelina Lundqvist. This is Love Zero Waste. Evelina, it's good to be back. Yay! With a new episode. Yeah. So make sure to stay with us until the very end of the episode because we'd love to tell you about something we created, the Zero Waste Business Model Canvas. Mm, All good news. In today's episode, we're doing something new. One of our listeners, an entrepreneur in the zero waste space, has submitted a very interesting business development question. And together with a few select experts on zero waste, circular economy and business models, we'll set out to answer this question for you all. Without further ado, let's roll the tape. Hello, my name is Cameron Cooper and I'm the co-founder of Cooper's Refillery. We design refill stations for supermarkets, which can be used to refill liquid soaps and detergents. The goal of our refill stations are to reduce plastic waste by providing a convenient alternative to single-use plastics. Customers can refill their bottle in the same place that they already do their grocery shopping. We are about to bring our refill stations to the market and plan to have a small number of machines in stores by the end of the year. However, we are struggling to determine the best pricing strategy for our refill stations. It's difficult because as of right now, there is limited competition in the market. We would like to know how much supermarkets would be willing to pay for our refill stations and what are some factors to consider when pricing a novel product or service such as ours. Thank you so much for your question, Cameron. It's such an important one. So to answer the questions, we've collected insights from three experts, and Evelina and I will also share our thoughts and advice. The first expert to answer Cameron Cooper's question is Fanny Naslund. Hi Cameron, my name is Fanny and I'm one of the co-founders of Vågen Zero Waste Store in Sweden. I just first want to say that I'm so impressed by your product and it's actually something that we experience is lacking on the market as the current solutions are quite messy for the customer. I think you have a great question and many of us struggle with this when putting a new product on the market. I believe that there are two main ways to price your product, cost-based pricing and value-based pricing. If you look at cost-based pricing, the price of your product will be reflected by the cost of it. I'm sure you already know the cost of producing your machines, uh, but also remember to consider taxes, fees, cost of installation and maintenance, etc. This way you'll make sure that the customer will pay a price that will cover all of the costs and a little bit more so that you will actually make a profit from your product. As for the value-based pricing, you can usually charge a little more for your product, as this is based on the value that it will bring to your customer. Maybe your machine will attract more customers to the supermarket, so they will make more money. Or maybe the supermarket will save a lot of time when using your machine and save money in the long term. If you can show this to your customers so that they realize the value that your product will bring to them, they will be more willing to pay a higher price. In our store in Sweden, we usually use the cost-based method as we are operating on a market that is very price competitive. As you're 
alone on the market at the moment, I would think that you would be able to use the value-based method and be successful with that one. So I really hope that this was helpful for you and uh, good luck. The next answer to Cameron's pricing question is from Verena Kassar, co-founder of Das Gram Zero Waste Store in Graz, Austria. Verena's answer was originally in German, but since we know that not all of our listeners understand German, we asked a friend to read Verena's answer in English for all of you. I would say that your product, the refill stations for cleaning products, could be very appealing for supermarkets that already have bulk containers for groceries in their product range. However, generally speaking, refill stations require lots of space. Therefore, such a system can only work in large stores. The reason is simple. The fewer products that fit the shelf, the less attractive the product is. On a positive note, That makes the size you have planned for your canisters ideal. Unfortunately, it is difficult to charge a high price for the device and the required service. This is because the content, the cleaning products, have a low selling price. Moreover, retailers might hesitate to give up space for a cheap product. For your business model, this means that profit is only possible through quantity. You should charge a service fee that includes technical support, If the device would ever malfunction, I would suggest a percentage of the purchase price of the cleaning product. Retailers have different markups on the purchase price and they will add your service fee to the end consumer store price. If the service fee includes technical support and an order reminder service, I would suggest a 5% service fee. I'll try to explain it with a calculation example. The purchase price of the organic detergent from Sunet a German company is 2 euros 40 cents per liter. They delivered their product in 10 liter canisters. Your canisters fit 14 liters of cleaning products, which means that the purchase price for these 14 liters is 33 euros 60 cents. If the retailer has a markup of 100%, the end consumer price is 4 euros 80 cents per liter. With a 5% service charge per product per month, that would mean 1 euro 68 cents for you. Those 5% should cover the technical support and the order reminder service. I also wanted to note that employees are usually very reluctant to fill products in dispensers. It's often a hygiene problem because the cleaning is often tricky. Refill stations are simply way more labor intense. Doing this well takes a lot more work than selling prepackaged products. This also introduces an element of motivating and training the staff to do a good job. So you might also want to consider this when setting the price. As an additional tip, be quick. As long as these kinds of stations are scarce on the market, there is still the possibility of justifying higher prices with a marketing argument. In this episode, we're answering a business development question from entrepreneur Cameron Cooper, co-founder of Cooper's Refillery. We would like to know how much supermarkets would be willing to pay for our refill stations and what are some factors to consider when pricing a novel product or service such as ours. Our third expert has a slightly different perspective, a scientific one. Dear Cameron, this is Myra Babri, senior lecturer and researcher with an interest in the circular economy 
uh, working at Örebro School of Business in Sweden. Thank you for sharing your question. I'd like to start by applauding your ambition to contribute to the reduction of plastic wastes through a product and service offered by Cooper's Refillery in the form of in-store refill stations for liquid soaps and detergents. Your question primarily regards pricing, but my suggestion is for you to dig deeper into developing your business model in order to determine your pricing strategy. I think you'll need to do a market survey to be able to determine how to best price your service. Note that a survey need not necessarily be based on a large number of questionnaires, but could also be done through panel or focus group discussions with key stakeholders. In your case, I would assume that key stakeholders include not just the stores where you're wishing to make your refill stations available, but also the companies selling the refillable in the form of soaps and detergents. You'll also need to include potential customers in such a dialogue to determine how you can make sure that your solutions offer a valuable and viable option for the customers. The enthusiasm and willingness of each of these stakeholders, together with your ambition in terms of showing how much waste you're able to help reduce, will allow you to determine your pricing model. Another way to look at it is to determine who your current competitors are. And my guess is it's shelf space providers who probably constitute a rather generic product category. Your knowledge of which brands are willing to sell their products via your containers their needs in terms of branding and showing their product while being sold through your containers, and the new social practices associated with such purchases, for example, that a customer will need to bring their own container with them to the store, and that store personnel might have to weigh the product, uh, will be helpful in terms of determining whether the market is ready to pay, and if so, how much for your product and service. I believe your best options would be to partner with detergent and liquid soap brands that want to help reduce plastic waste and still display and sell their products in store rather than online. Perhaps additional products and services, such as selling refillable glass or metal containers, which customers can reuse, may be a necessary part of the business model to work. You might be able to find partners even there. Wishing you the best of luck with your continued endeavors. All good advice from Fanny Nesland, Verena Kassar and Myra Barbary. Super interesting. So much to think about there. But what is our advice, Malin? I come to think about like the very basic one first. Like I know that you have to start from somewhere, like opening a business or starting up a business as an entrepreneur. Evelina, do you remember the episode like back in the days? I don't remember which season it was, but we interviewed Matthew DeMore mm-hmm. of Unilever about refill solutions um we talked a lot about in store with the loop project Mm. uh, but also like how they have broadened their perspective to refill at home and online Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking that even though you start from somewhere like in this case in the store um you need to be ready to either be aware of the competitors that will be there for refill at home Mm. and online or you would yourself um like even provide more solutions or services to cover those areas as well. Yes, I think that's super important because as you say, it, things can move very fast and you need to be aware of like the full the full context of where your competitors are at at the moment and also where you could kind of broaden your business if that is into your or your interest. Very good to make a parallel to that. I didn't think about that. Mm. Uh, I was also thinking 
I guess this is connected to what you're saying um, and also connected to uh, the previous experts. But I think it's so important to really understand the needs to connect on a deep level with the stakeholders in your value chain or your value loop, perhaps, um, to really understand the that their needs that might also be changing over time and also for you to be able to make this pivot, perhaps if you see that in-store might not be enough or how it works in the store, befriend your your customers and get to know all of their needs on a very deep level in order to kind of be able to move with them or provide them with innovation that is just something that they are dying to have in their stores. Building upon that is the link to keep society as key stakeholders, because what you have been mentioning around stakeholders could be both like regular customers or users, but also the other other range of stakeholders that you actually have to account for. Mm. Um, so keeping those central in the business model, I think is key Mm. and specifically talking about like value creation it could be even at community level or region level city city level or even in the uh, bigger picture Mm. but starting off at the community level where these refill solutions are provided at store what values are you creating through your business like short term long term yeah, that is so interesting. And also putting these short and long term uh, perspectives on it can can maybe help in the innovation process uh, moving mm. forward because there, there are new perspectives. Like when you add community at regional level to something that you would originally think is only about the store, uh, the in-store sales. So this is a super interesting new format that we've tried today with Cameron's question. And uh, we just want to give a shout out to you, Cameron, uh, and uh, to all of our listeners. Please go visit their website, support their business. This is super important solution for uh, realizing refills without a mess <laughs> in the store. Uh, so shout out to you, Cameron, for doing this and good luck on the path forward. And do tell us what's happening <laughs> along the along the way. Uh, we'd love to follow your progress. Maybe you, the person who is listening, would like to submit a zero waste question as well to the show, business or otherwise. If so, shoot us a DM over at Love Zero Waste on Instagram or email us uh, at hello at lovezerowaste.biz. Yeah, and you can submit your question in writing or even better through a voice recording. Uh, With a bit of luck, we might answer your burning question on the show. Okay, let's do this. Now over to something we mentioned at the top of the show, the zero waste business model canvas. Some of you might already be familiar with the original business model canvas created by Alexander Osterwalda at the company Strategizer. The business model canvas is comprised of a number of building blocks that help you define your business model and the value proposition. There are a number of variations and derivatives, and all of them stem from that original canvas. And now there is one centered around zero waste as well. Ta-da! Yay! So looking at our canvas, you'll recognize the original building blocks and the structure that Evelina mentioned. However, you'll also see that we've made quite a few additions 
The Zero Waste Business Model Canvas places the Zero Waste ambition at the heart of any business development process. And what makes our Canvas unique is that it includes society as a key stakeholder, that it helps your business move closer to the societal license to operate and move from business as usual and conventional and consumer speaking to new ways of building a business around users and the values you create for them and for society. If you download the canvas, you'll also notice that we've included a building block for the zero waste office and premises. And we think that this can be a very interesting starting point for some businesses that are looking to go zero waste, just starting where you are right now in your office, your premises. Yes. So our call to action for this episode is directed at all business owners, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and change makers. Go download the beta version of our Zero Waste Business Model Canvas. It's free. Try it and tell us how it went. We're super eager to learn more about your experience using the Canvas. So go to lovezerowaste.biz slash businessmodelcanvas and download it for free today. There's no catch. You don't even have to provide your email. Just download it and try it in your business. Yes, so go try it now and tell us how you're doing. That's a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much to Cameron Cooper of Cooper's Refillery for your question and Fanny Naslund of Vågen Zero Waste Stores, Verena Kassar of Dasgram Zero Waste Stores and Mayra Babri of Örebro University for your insightful answers. And special thanks to Magdalena Dir, who read Verena's answer. Magdalena is actually about to launch her very own podcast. So go follow Tiny Family Podcasts over on Instagram. And we'll make sure to include that link in the show notes as well. For our guests' websites and social media handles, sources and other interesting links, please check the show notes. Our jingle is made by Michelle Steinkellner of Merlin Sound. Love Zero Waste is a collaboration between Circulus and Good Tribe. Visit our website lovezerowaste.biz and lovezerowaste on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you. You should know that by now. We'd love to connect. <laughs> I'm Evelina Lundqvist. And I'm Marlene Lett. You've listened to Love Zero Waste.